We had a request, uh, but we're going to stay up here and do another one anyway. <laughs> we just like to say, if there's anybody out there tonight, uh, if we've offended in any way, except for you, dickhead. <laughs> well, if there's anybody out here tonight that we've offended in any way... Uh, we feel like our efforts have been rewarded. Uh. <laughs> No, actually, seriously, if we did offend anybody, uh, we'd like to take this opportunity to make up for it uh, by doing something that will offend everybody else. I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. You are my podcast my only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. <laughs> are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. Fuck you two! You're talking peak no agenda right there, everybody. Well, uh, welcome to episode 88 of The Lotus Effect, where the show's made up and the content doesn't matter, and I am uh, uh, the prince of the profane uh, phone boy. So we finally <laughs> met the man whose shit doesn't stink. Yeah! And of course, I am the princess of profane, Phoenix. I am a bona fide motherfucking princess. I say fuck a lot. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> do, we, do, do you know how bad you sound? Yeah, I do. And you know how many fucks I have to give? Yeah, uh, no. That's right. Uh, the, the, because we've always said... It's obscene! That's the point! Yes, profane and profane accessories. I think that's a potential Absolutely show Absolutely it is. Absolutely I, I need to write that down. Pro so, in the spirit of the fact, we received some feedback from a No Agenda producer and subsequent others that we were just too profane for that person. Well, and I, we respect that. Absolutely. There, there was some dickhead that tried to defend our honor and started using a whole bunch of racial slurs, making himself look as unintelligent as he obviously is. So we, we do not endorse that support. However, we do believe that and we know that the Lotus Effect is not for everyone. So that is why we kind of put it out there with the intro that we have. We're going to offend you and we're not going to apologize well, and, to, and today we're going to take that to a different level but uh um but uh but yes i think now yes um yeah my partner does say fuck a lot now yes i do I, I, however i do not think fuck is a, is a very obscene word as as we're going to play uh by by this clip here i think it's i think it's an important piece of history that's uh, done by uh, a, a certain jack wagner who was the who's the voice of uh, disneyland apparently Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word fuck. 
Out of all of the English words that begin with the letter F, fuck is the only word that is referred to as the F word. It's the one magical word. Just by its sound can describe pain, pleasure, hate, and love. Fuck, as most words in the English language, is derived from German, the word frichen, which means to strike. In English, fuck falls into many grammatical categories. As a transitive verb, for instance, John fucked Shirley. As an intransitive verb, Shirley fucks. Its meaning is not always sexual. It can be used as an adjective, such as John's doing all the fucking work. As part of an adverb, Shirley talks too fucking much. As an adverb enhancing an adjective, Shirley is fucking beautiful. As a noun, I don't give a fuck. As part of a word, abso-fucking-lutely, or in-fucking-credible. And, as almost every word in a sentence, fuck the fucking fuckers. As you must realize, there aren't too many words with the versatility of fuck. As in these examples, describing situations such as fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot. Dismay, aw, fuck it. Trouble, I guess I'm really fucked now. Aggression, don't fuck with me, buddy. Difficulty, I don't understand this fucking question. Inquiry, who the fuck was that? Dissatisfaction, I don't like what the fuck is going on here. Incompetence, he's a fuck off. Dismissal, why don't you go outside and play hide and go fuck yourself? I'm sure you can think of many more examples. With all of these multi-purpose applications, how can anyone be offended when you use the word? We say, use this unique, flexible word more often in your daily speech. It will identify the quality of your character immediately. Say it loudly and proudly. Fuck you! Fuck you! Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> so now that we've offended everyone else, let's. Well, we're gonna offend. We may still be. There's still more offense offending to do. So uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, In the serious content of the show, yeah, I have a feeling that there will be a lot of people's heads who are on fire and asses who get. Uh, hurt. Yes, possibly. So, all right. Yeah, we don't. We're not afraid to uh, take on some controversial topics here occasionally. So, no. And the second half of our show is actually going to be on a very much more serious platform of an issue that has come to light yeah. in the recent. Yeah, for sure. And okay. we think you folks will find it interesting as well. Okay. So uh, let's. So let's get this. Uh, let's let's get this going here. What is this? A freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. I think I'm going to be sick. Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are There. Uh, oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to play that. The offensive has begun. Yes. So, yeah, I forgot I was supposed to play a different clip as a result of that. Well, but. we were blessed. Yeah. With the Podfather giving us that wonderful golden clip, 
and realized that for this particular show, the universe had also provided us the ability to clip it and start the yeah. show. So thank yeah, you, Pod Father. Thank you, Universe. We were listening to the show during the, during this whole thing. We we made a live production decision, and we went and decided to put that clip in there. That was great. Um, now, um, the, the Lotus affects everyone differently. So however, wherever the Lotus affecting you, thank you for your courage in propagating the, pod, the, 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 the model of the Podfather himself. And if you're, you know, I imagine there's a lot of No Agenda people listening because we're going, we went on live after No Agenda. But for the few of you that aren't, well, welcome. And here's how it works. Uh, we're a value for value podcast. We provide you some value in the form of entertainment. However you value that, whether it's time, talent, treasure, or well, you know, just pointing and laughing, whatever, contribute it back to us. So, and, and, and here's how you can do that. And you go to lotuseffect.show in your web browser and you click on that green, uh, it needs to be yellow, uh, we'd like money button, and then send us some fiat fund coupons via PayPal, or you can boostergram. We've actually, we're, we're going to read some boostergrams here in just a moment. Uh, if you have, if you have not uh, been a, uh, uh, been listening to pod- podcasting 2.0 and and hearing about all the developments with with new podcasting apps or nude podcasting apps. We we, we like nude podcasting apps. Uh, we we podcast in the nude. So uh, you can take off all your clothes. Go to nudepodcastapps.com or or leave your clothes on and just go to newpodcastapps.com and and go down your let, download yourself a podcast app that can stream satoshis, which are fractional Bitcoin. Um, you can and also since of course we all know that currency is head direct for the digital you yeah. know you should probably get on that uh that train so you're not left behind of course you also if you're the old school type you can send us something through the mail we do love receiving value back in the form of packages so if you would like the address for the lotus effect you can contact us in the back channel and we'll be glad to provide it for you yes um and yes yeah, so we have it we have a, we have a couple people that uh Oh, you the executive producer. So, uh, so we have Weirdo who who sent us some uh, study material, which we will study after the show is over. Um, that um, we and I uh, mean, and we also got some uh, uh, different we, kind of study material from Tigger. Yes, and also I want to say Tigger sent some pride gear, so I was very appreciative of that because I make no bones about who I am and the community in which I belong, loosely because I'm not all about these absolutely out of their mind people i'm just me I'm, I'm not trying to be anything i'm not but i will proudly rock the rainbow colors one because i've always thought they were pretty even before i realized that i was part of that i always thought it was like a really gorgeous thing so i have no problem rocking the pride gear but you know what i don't just rock it in june like a total value you know a virtue signaling douche canoe it's a year-round thing i have no shame to rock my pride gear well there, well, there you go. And uh, yeah, there, the, the, the troll room is a buzz. Apparently, we've got the no agenda and the uh, and and the Lotus Effect uh, troll room. And you can, uh, uh, yeah, you can certainly uh, be playing along at home here if you want to do that. Uh, <laughs> this is another way to contribute, I guess. Uh, is uh, is yeah, li- yeah, go to lotuseffect.chat and you can join uh, Pound Lotus Effect during the show and and send your snarky commentary into us that we, we will sometimes react to. And and, and during uh, the after party, our sturdy sturdio. Wow, studio. Stur- 33. Stur- 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 Sturdio. Yes. Stur, stur, Sturdio. Anyway, <laughs> so during Studio 33, 
You can also troll quest, so you can give us shit and also request what you want to hear from music. Yes, and uh, yeah, we and, and we consequently we get boostograms during our uh, during our uh, Studio Thirty Three and Rideshare Radio, and uh, those requests tend to get uh, prioritized. Uh, so uh, and we and so we get a lot of music requests this way, and uh, so we're going to go ahead and uh, read uh, the boostograms we've gotten and other and other forms of value that have been given to us. And so Phoenix started off with a thousand sets saying Pink Floyd brain damage slash eclipse yeah that's a great great track then you boosted another thousand sats asking for the universal adjective song which, which I believe, subsequently which, due to the fact of how offensive we are being that will definitely be played in studio 33 tonight yes yeah, so well we played it at the very very beginning of the show that was actually the clip that i pulled that from was that was that uh, and was yeah but the song itself was not played no we didn't play the song but that's where i but the song but yes that track is where i pulled that Yes, uh, correct. Yes. So, okay. N- then you boosted another thousand sat saying "Blinded by the Light" uh, by Manfred Mann, not the, yeah, not the version that Bruce Springsteen does. Yes. Um, then you had to. Then you were. Then you went another boosted another. Yeah, she likes boosting. She likes uh, you know spraying sats. Loving. Splaying, splaying. You know what? I'm just going to quit at this point. I don't know who decided to replace my tongue with that of a retard, but apparently I'm having that day. I love splashing the walls of the studio with Satoshis. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that. Yes. And we definitely uh, do that. Uh, um, anyway, I was going to say something else, but that's for the after, after, after party. Um, so you boosted, uh, let's see, a thousand sats for They Might Be Giant Seven Days of the Week. I Never Go to Work, which I think is a great uh, track. And another thousand sats for They Might Be Giants. Uh, they Might Be Giants off the album Flood, which I actually got on vinyl uh, earlier this week or yeah, this past week. I always have ulterior motives. Oh, of course you do. And then a thousand sats for Dragging the Line uh, for, from Tommy James and then you boost then you boosted another 4200 sets for puff puff pass a smoke two joints um and by sublime uh which made your uh, made your son happy i think uh, my youngest son phoenix jr in the chat has been on my back about the fact that every time we play smoke two joints we play the toys version because i prefer that version i don't know why you don't play the sublime version so last night i was like you know what we're gonna play the sublime version and we did and immediately he jumped in the chat and was like oh thank you so much for finally playing the right version it's like whatever dude yeah exactly well uh, we did i'm sure he also appreciated the fact that we played some uh, cadillac three with white lightning uh uh that which was a result of your boost of a thousand sats and then you boosted another thousand sats with luke bryan played again uh then we got uh yeah, sharky with 69 69 sats saying bang bang uh, the warrior for, uh, with patty smith yes we, we played that uh phoenix another thousand sats uh with Aunt lady annabellum bartender and then uh and, and then you boosted 69 69 sats saying zane pillow talk um and that and then and then another thousand sats from you saying steve winwood roll with it uh and then sharky again comes in with a with a 44-44 sat saying Roland Air Raid Vehicle. We played that. Uh, Sharky with another 77-77 sat saying Elvis Presley, always on my mind. And that always leads to some interesting places. And then uh, and then Phoenix, you boosted 1,430 sats uh, with, uh, for, uh, to play your mom's song for her, uh, as, as, as we do oftentimes. That's right, with a message. That's right. That, I love you, Mom. Because I feel like I don't call her enough, even though I try to call her as much as I can. Life gets in the way when you're doing literally three shows a week for two straight weeks, plus trying to learn coding and be a full-time employee of the slave trade. 
So yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, uh, I I don't feel like I'm always available enough, but at least I try to remember to play her song as much as I can on Studio Thirty Three because I know she's listening because she's an amazing mom and super supportive. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, then of course, uh, you, you just boosted, uh, you just boosted 10,000 sats right as we, right as we went on air. This is a new live son of a bitch. In the morning, and thank you for your courage, slaves. Uh, 10,000 sats. And then Weirdo, uh, had, uh, he had boosted uh, uh, 30, 3333 sats with a heart emoji. That's fantastic. And then uh, you, then again, Phoenix coming in with another 5555 sats saying, fuck is my ever, favorite F word. Yeah, that is definitely, uh, definitely my favorite F word. I'm not going to lie about that. So I think, but I think that is it unless there's, unless somebody else comes in with a with another boostagram here but uh it can uh, happen it does happen on occasion yes it does but uh like we said if you want to be part of this boostagram party and you don't have a podcasting 2.0 app go to new or nude podcastapps.com and get yourself one so you can be read out as someone who boosts what they want to hear during studio 33 yeah, exactly so um and we we love you know again one of the ways you can contribute value is of course uh, to, is to give us feedback and there's uh, ways to do that you can uh, you can send a message to us on no agenda social i am phone boy uh my partner here is phoenix p-h-e-o-n-i-x with a bunch of other stuff after it uh, and uh, uh the email's a little bit easier uh phone boy at lotus effect show phoenix at lotus effect show whether whether you spell it correctly or not uh it'll get to uh it'll get to our uh, lovely dame here and uh or you can have and yeah we, we talk you know if you want to send us something in the mail we're not we're not opposed to uh, receiving things in the mail um but uh you know the another way you can contribute <coughs> is really to um you know yeah. you can contribute by not uh, coughing. coughing into the mic without a cough button. Well, I'm sorry. Our poor listeners, that as much as we're trying to offend them, we're not trying to deafen them. Yes, I'm sorry. You know, then I don't, I don't, try, to... I don't, I don't want. I don't want to be accused of inappropriately touching mute buttons and that kind of thing. So, well, the thing is, okay, if you deafen them, then they can't hear people who've called into two five three two three seven three three two one and told us about what they think of Mississippi, quote unquote, reenacting the Jim Crow laws. Yes. So, uh, you know, yeah, and that's, and yeah, that, that's going to be a top, that's going to be our, actually a topic for Toast and Jam this, this week, because we're going to, we'll talk a little bit about it. We do we actually did a little bit of research just to know, because of course, you know, when you hear things in the media, things are not so, uh, you know, they're, they're, they, they always over, overplay them a bit. So, um, but yeah, you, you can, if you have an opinion about this one, uh, uh, informed or not, give us a call at 253-237-3321. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell computers. This is Chip. Now, Ernestine or Chip won't. Neither will answer the phone, but Google Voice will, and I'm sure it'll turn your uh, voicemail into uh, an unacceptable transcript that might result in a show title, is, is what happens from time to time. So, and we love when it does. And we does, yes. Yeah. So, uh, just remember that however you uh, however you participate here, there's something we don't want. We don't want your shit. Please, Please don't, don't send us your shit. shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, but but of course, uh, we we certainly love your troll questing. So you know, come to Lotus Effect chat and or uh, or pound Lotus Effect on uh, on uh, you know on Zero Note IRC, and yeah, you can you can uh, play along too. So that's right. And and another form of uh, returning the value is uh, the degree of offense you've gotten from our show. Yeah, return it by uh, trolling us in Lotus Effect there you go. All right, now we're gonna now we're gonna start things off here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into the uh, well to the content of our show. 
Oh, is someone not feeling well? Your illness is very important to us. Next. Welcome to the Helpmaster Inferno. Powered uh, by Pure Me Technology. This goes in your mouth. This one goes in your ear. And this one goes in your butt. Yeah, don't put it. Don't put the wrong tube in your butt, folks. And it's all, or, or your mouth, or well, anywhere else for well, that. Well, that's matter. what they make Listerine for. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, and certainly don't put a tube of this uh, COVID nineteen thing. And that's actually most adults at this point are refusing uh, COVID nineteen boosters because you know after the 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 WHO, the WHO, uh, the World Health Organization, which probably is uh, more about world health domination or something like that. They yeah after they declared the pandemic over, yeah, U.S. adults are like, yeah, I'm I'm good. I don't need another. COVID jab. Now, as of May 10th, only one in five or 20.5% of adults in the United States of America had gotten the bivalent booster shots, according to the Centers for D- Disease and uh, Center, for, Center for Disease Control and Prevention. They, they keep throwing that word prevention in there, and I don't know what they're preventing. I think they're pre- preventing anybody from controlling the disease, but that's just me. Uh, but because of this, experts are worried about the consequences the low uptake might have. Now, Mark uh, Siegel, a professor of medicine at the at, at NYU Langone Medical Center, warned that the novel coronavirus is in fact still with us, even though cases and deaths have continuously declined. Now he cited the huge, in quotes, a- outbreak that is happening uh, in China as proof that the virus remains a public health threat. However, he- they created it. So, yeah. gee, where's the surprise in that? However, he also pointed out that compared to China, the U.S. appears to have better immunity against newer strains of SARS-CoV-2. Now, could it be that we have a better vaccination system than China? Asking for a friend. Yeah. So, okay. But meanwhile, um, there's a new there's a new study done by the CDC themselves that confirms that almost every American has COVID nineteen antibodies. Now, the yeah. So these. So again, here we go. According to the to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, yeah, they keep trying to slip that word in there, like it, like you know, like we. Well, as it was pointed out in the troll room by Sir Bemrose, the lead troll, Center of Population Control and Freedom Prevention. I like that. That's a potential show title. Yeah, what what a, what's a potential show title? In the chat, Bemrose put in Center of Population Control and Freedom Prevention. Yes, I think I yeah. think that that is absolutely beautiful. Yes, that is, that is uh, that's a, that's a long show title is what that is. But that's it. But, you could trim it down yeah. to the acronym and then just put what the acronym is in the show notes or something. Yeah, I haven't decided. Yeah, well, if that gets picked, that's gonna, there's going to be some things. But uh, while we have stopped because things have gotten, um, yeah, it, 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 here we go. You know, the, this is. It, but we we got a we got a boost from a from an a white Micah for eighteen thousand sats saying, "Yo, does this thing come through live?" Yes, it does come through live, and we will acknowledge it. We appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you. So this is, um, th- yeah, but uh, we, and, and we do, um, yeah, th- this is, what are we talking about here? Let me, let me make sure we are where we are, but, uh, um, but we're talking about the nefariousness and of this COVID-19 vaccine, you know, yeah. for the last three years. Well, yeah, the fact that everybody's got it talking now. About. So, so here we go. This is the right, new, this, exactly. Yeah, the immunity the news, has been occurred. Yes. Here's the thing. Herd immunity. It's here. That's here. 
Now, according to the, now the new CDC study analyzed blood donations from 142,748 individuals aged 16 and older between July and September 2022. Now, researchers found that 96.4% of the donors had evidence of antibodies against COVID-19, indicating prior infection, vaccination, or both. And the study also noted that infection-induced immunity was more prevalent among the unvaccinated individuals in the cohort. The presence of antibodies, whether acquired through infection or vaccination likely contributes to lower rates of severe disease and death from COVID-19 compared to the early stages of the pandemic. Well, yeah, if you, you know, people's bodies have something in them that, that knows how to deal with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, while the now why the CDC continues to express unwavering support for COVID mRNA vaccinations for all Americans, regardless of prior infection, age, health, infection to COVID-19 is, has been proven without a doubt and is consistent with medical experience from viral pandemics over the course of centuries, meaning you know, that all the things that they tried to do to control it, yeah, it didn't do anything because, yeah, that stuff just doesn't work. The virus is going to do what the virus is going to do. And we should have known when we heard the doctor that said that a immunity from a vaccination is better than a natural immunity. That's when everyone should have reached their hands out, handle on the TV and click. Turn that stupid ass propaganda off because all it's doing is fueling the fear porn and making the pandemic even worse. This oh. should never have still been something we're talking about four no. years mean, later. Meanwhile, okay, so, of course, why is the media still hyping this? Well, you know, of course, Big Pharma is the biggest advertiser on the planet, which is probably what had something to do with the fact that Jamie, so apparently uh, Jamie Foxx uh, was uh, has gotten hospitalized for one reason or another, and and, and, there, and, there, and there, there's a spokes hole that has come out to say that it is not linked to the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, because uh, there, there, was some, uh, there was some evidence on social media i guess that was uh, and so um that uh, had made the or somebody had made the assertion i guess i'll read the piece here a, a representative for jamie fox has refuted claims made by an independent journalist suggesting that the hollywood's actor's hospitalization was a result of receiving a covid covid vaccine booster the representative exclusively told nbc news okay well then they told everybody else apparently so um, well yeah but why would it be an exclusive how much did they pay for that yeah uh that the, that the report is completely inaccurate countering the assertion made by aj benza during an appearance on ask dr drew um uh, it's a pretty that's, now we like dr drew he's actually pretty good yes yeah, he, he yeah he's 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 very good he's yeah vinny vinny has had dr drew on the, in, in his in the movies of course yes uh, yes so um benza has alleged that the the, the Django Unchained actor experienced medical complications, including partial paralysis and blindness, after being pressured into getting the booster shot before filming a new movie. Now, Fox's condition, initially disclosed by his daughter Corinne in April, has been the subject of speculation and rumors. However, Fox himself has not publicly discussed the specifics of his health or recovery. Now, Benz's claims regarding updates from Fox's camp were dismissed as false. It should be noted that Fox's relatives were seen leaving a medical facility in in Chicago, where the actor was receiving treatment. Um, now, the of course, the representative statement aimed to dispel any connection between Fox's hospitalization and the COVID vaccine booster, emphasizing the inaccurate the inaccuracy of the claim. Now, NBC News called the alleged substantiated claim part of a continued push among far right personalities to cast doubt on the safety of vaccines. Well, they the whole fact the, the way they forced the jab the jab on you pretty much did that to me, right? Uh, whatever you feel about vaccines before that. 
that, yeah, I don't know. If they're, if they're forcing me to take it, it's not something I want to take. Um, meanwhile, yeah, especially if they really actually thought that it worked for anything other than their dastardly plan to change the DNA of every human. So we end up literally being the slaves, just the mindless medically compliant ones. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, of course they, you know, of course the article continues to, uh, you know, uh, tried out the old trope that, yeah, the, the Centers for Disease Control have affirmed that the COVID vaccines are safe and effective. And of course, I, anytime I hear that term, safe, safe at for who and, and effective, effective at what. what? That's right. So, and yeah, now we're, you know, now we get into the, the to the, uh, to the Ozempic and Monjaro and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, because they're having a hard enough time trying to manufacture enough for all these fatty McFattersons that want to use it as a weight loss drug instead of for the fatty McFattersons that are using it for diabetes management. Now, let's put an even larger strain on the industry by offering it in a pill form yay that's right so um yeah so semaglutide is which is the drug that's in ozempic and wegovy is currently delivered uh, into the body through injections now, however pharmaceutical companies are trialing an oral pill uh, of this medication for weight loss with promising results now in a, in a recent in a, in a recent press release novo nordisk the company that manufactures ozempic and wegovy announced promising results in a phase 3a trial evaluating the efficacy and safety of this medication for weight management. Now, a normal and an oral form of semaglutide is already available under a different brand name, Risbelsis. However, at the dose it is prescribed, it has not shown efficacy regarding weight loss. And the medication is prescribed maximally, maximally at 14 milligrams, and at that dose, it doesn't assist in weight loss. And the recent trial of the oral more oral medication, there we go. Uh, the, the, I promise you, we are not under the influence of a substance. No. I don't understand why our tongues have just decided to completely betray us yes, today. Yes, I think we're getting a little more attention, and that, that causes us to be tongue-tied, maybe. I'm not sure. Focus, phone boy, yes, focus. I Do focused. I need to put some horse blinders on you where I take your troll room computer and move it to the side peripheral where you can't see it? Are you I, letting the no, trolls win, no, sir? No, I am not letting the trolls win. I will not let the trolls win. But uh, the, medic, the recent oral medication from Novo Nordisk did show weight loss results at 50 milligrams. So you're talking about ingesting four or five times the amount of what they're, what they are currently using. And yeah, and it's, and now it may be likely that higher doses taken orally as opposed to subcutaneous injection may result in greater GI upset for some patients, but that remains to be seen once the medication makes its way into the market, said Sahar Takush, lead uh, expert in bariatric and obesity medicine and assistant professor in the division, in the Division of Diabetes, Endocrinology, and Metabolism at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Tennessee. Uh, now the Vandy, yeah, there you go. Now, Anchor down, boys. Now the trial, in fact, showed that the most common side effect associated with these medications is GI upset. Um. Yeah, and and that's it. So yeah, of course it's like yeah, you're gonna take you, you put more of that in your stomach. Yeah, I mean it doesn't sound good. I don't know that I want the GI upset. That's the reason I stopped. One of the reasons I stopped consuming uh, the um, you know the, the artificial sweeteners. Like I'm not. I don't want GI upset. But think about it. It's brilliant from a marketing standpoint. Of course the Ozempic pill works to lose weight. You shit yourself thin. <laughs> okay, and you realize I'm writing that down. Anyway, I'm just saying it's very obvious how this works. Yes, it it, it is. Uh, so, um, 
but this is, and meanwhile, you know, of course, now we've got to, you know, we talk about uh, the, the celebrities, uh, celebrities driving the, uh, these uh, diet drugs. Now we got Charles Barkley, who, uh, who lost to 60 pounds in six months on Manjaro. Um, and, uh, and uh, so Charles Barkley is an NBA Hall of Famer and, and current broadcaster, recently talked about the fact that he dropped a significant amount of weight after he started taking the medication Manjaro. Uh, Bar- Barkley talked about his weight loss on the Dan Patrick Show in, in May, saying he had dropped from 352 pounds in January to about 290 pounds. Now, at some point, I've got to get off the drug, but I feel so good physically, I've got to make sure I don't get fat again. You don't even realize how crappy you feel till you start losing weight, Barkley said on the show. Now, the rest of the article spent, you know, talks about, uh, you know, all the same thing that these articles say, which is people like it, but the drugs are expensive and short supply and it's it's effective. But, but you know, they also spend a lot of time talking out of both sides of your mouth, right? This is not, you know, this is not a drug for weight loss. Blah, Wait, blah, blah. a spokes hole talking out of both sides of their mouth? Are you kidding? Surely exactly. he's serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Exactly. Now, um, meanwhile, we know that what happens when you quit these drugs. So, so that we, we now there's a re- there's research published in the journal Diabetes, Obesity, and Metabolism that indicates that once people stop using the medication semaglutide, better known by the brand names Wegovy and Ozempic, any weight they've lost is likely to return. So, uh, Dr. Kathleen Dungan, an endocrinologist in the Division of Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism at the Ohio State University. Ah, the- uh, Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, Wexner Medical Center, re- weight rebound occurs quite simply because the drug does not cure the underlying issues that led to the weight gain in the first place. Yeah. Are you kidding? Finally, somebody said it. Amazing. Yes. So, 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 so Dr. Ibia Owe, uh, assistant professor at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center, El Paso, explained that metabol- met- met- metabolic adaptation occurs while patients are losing weight, and this can contribute to weight gain when the medication is ended. And of course, this is another prime example of why if you do it the right way by eating what you're supposed to cutting out all the hoppy horse shit hot fresh garbage that the government insists that you should be eating according to their guidelines yeah it's amazing you're not gonna regain all of that weight unless you stop doing so yes and you know anybody who's tried weight watchers or anything like that you know that you can you can have some short-term uh, success with certain things um but uh th- i think this is actually a good uh, a, a great uh, a great thing here uh you know that uh, that yeah these that these drugs are not yeah that the you want yeah the uh, if you're when you eat right, you don't have to worry about it. When you eat wrong, yeah, you're gonna things things are gonna go you know gonna go the wrong direction. So yeah, you can you you, you can uh, you, again you can't outrun a bad diet, and it's been said many times, right? You have to you have to do what you got to do to eat right. So you know, I was thinking about something with we talk about that all the time. How Vinny says you can't outrun a bad diet. And he also is talking about how he's been a trainer for all of these stars that need to drop a whole lot of weight or whatever. And then the, you know, Jenny Craig's or whatever, like, Hey, we'll pay you a shitload of money to say you did it on our program instead of, you know, the fact that you spent half your day in a gym with a trainer with he or her, you know, him or her busting your ass. My thoughts on that are, uh, maybe you can outrun a bad diet in that sense. 
Mm, I don't know. I mean, they're they're but see here here again, right? What he's usually doing when he was doing weight loss for stars is it was a very short term thing, and you you know you have to understand that Vinny talks has, has talked about this. He said, look, these guys are type A plus plus personalities. They'll do whatever it takes for for the for that period of time. But you you can bet that they if they don't want to do that uh, going forward, they're not going to do it. You know uh, when you know when they when they meet that target, whatever it is. So um, yeah, I, but um, and this is I just feel like. I mean, okay, we know Hollywood is fake. Let's just be honest. But I feel like it's just an extra air of fake when you have these stars who, you know, they want to be like, oh, I was on Jenny Craig and I lost all this weight. Really? Because... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you were. I'm pretty sure you had a personal trainer kicking your fat ass all over the gym, because I've been on that Jenny Craig shit. I've been on Nutrisystem. I've been on all of that. Let me tell you, it don't work because the food they want you to eat isn't the correct food. It is still the grains. It is still the sugars, at least the fake ones. It's all the things you should not be putting in your body. And we're not even going to talk about portions. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot get behind you expecting arguably a 450 pound woman. No, I was never 450 pounds. Follow my thought process. I can't see a 450 pound woman going on Nutrisystem and having a little cinnamon roll for breakfast that consists of all of two bites and she can't eat anything else for two hours. Oh, I don't think so. Oh my. Well, this is this is some crazy stuff here. Um so now, um, you know, of course, everybody's still looking for the magic pill. And of course, now we talk about a uh, berberine uh, because uh, it, it, it has been described as nature's ozempic. And it, it's a supplement and, it, and it's uh, being hailed as nature's ozempic due to its weight loss effects. Now, berberine is a naturally occurring compound found in plants like, plants like barberry, golden seal, tree turmeric, and organ grape. It's linked with many health benefits, including weight loss, and is usually available in supplement form. Now, berberine's weight loss effects are thought to be mediated through different pathways such as AMPK activation and improvements in insulin sensitivity. Now, berberine activates a pathway in the body called AMPK. Now, the pathway uh, includes genes such as, such as uh, PCG-1-alpha, which is known as the master regulator of mitochondrial biogenesis and other genes that regulate energy and fat metabolism. In turn, activating AMPK increases cellular uptake of glucose and insulin sensitivity. Now, berberine also increases insulin release and lowers glucagon release, both of which have benefits for weight management. Now, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, if I'm sure you can probably get this. I don't think I've looked it up, but. Uh, well, no, check it out. So, you know what I think? I, I'm, I'm having a vague recall. Remember I said I, I was cl I wasn't clicking on an ad, but I showed you what ultimately was an ad. And it was talking about if you like ate these gummies or something like that in like six weeks, you would drop like 60 pounds and you were like, that's an ad. Cause I said, this is something we should talk about. I think this AMPK was what was in that product as a matter of fact. Yeah. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uh, surprising, but anyway, I mean, this is something that we should probably look into just to be interesting. But, uh, you know, again, there's lots of, but, but, um, there, you know, again, you, you know, nothing, no matter what you do, you might take something like, you know, 
you might take something on the short-term basis to help kickstart things, but if you don't address the issues and the, the the underlying issues in the long term, you're never going to uh, get better. So uh, this is uh, something you just kind of have to work you know, that, that yeah that everybody has to work through for themselves, right? And there's because we're I mean we're going through this right now with our uh, you know we you know we uh, you know we had our come to Jesus moment with sugar the other day, and and there's certain things that aren't happening exactly. Right now. We have taken all of the edibles out of you know out of sight out of mind things that and you have to love it bless her heart i love tigger but she sent us a jar of peanut butter that's completely all natural all it is is peanuts and the natural oil that comes in them but she sent me a wonderful jar of marshmallow fluff any of you who are northerners who know what fluff is it is not marshmallow cream and it oh my god i i told phone boy i will after i've had a substantial amount of time to fix me i will be introducing him to a fluff or nutter this is something that at least once in your life you must experience so thankfully it's like holocaust food as long as you don't break the seal it's gonna stay exactly the way it should be because all it is is literally just whipped pure fucking sugar but damn it when you add it to peanut butter on some bread (gasps) life-changing okay well uh, speaking of uh, apparently life changing, uh, so um, so there, there's a, this is an article called "I Never Thought I'd Love a Low Sugar Candy Bar," but here we are now. Uh, and this was actually a, this was a fairly short. Uh, article, so I've, I've included it all here. Uh, now, my love affair with these perfectly chewy, chocolate-covered vegan candy bars started in the usual way. An Instagram doom scroll stopped in its tracks, followed by an impulsive shipment of all four flavors and the fluttery suspense before meeting in person. Now, unlike internet dating, gigantic candy bars did not disappoint in real life. The salted peanut filled with coconut milk caramel, sh- studded with toasty nuts, uh, uh, and uh, dipped in fair trade dark chocolate tastes much like a Snickers. The banana pecan is ripe and rich like fresh baked banana bread, and the almond horchata is an unimaginably cinnamon and uh, unimaginably cinnamony. There we go, cinnamony. There we go, cinnamony. Yeah, and the and the hazelnut cafe, as one reviewer put it, is a healthy alternative to eating a jar full of Nutella. Well, um, yeah. There's- All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it right here on air. I recently tasted Nutella. What? Yes. Yeah, I, I was a really bad girl, and I went to Steak and Shake and got a Nutella shake. So I, like, tripled down on my fuck-up. But hear me out, dude. Okay. I can't imagine why anyone would want to eat an entire jar full of Nutella. No, that shit is nasty. Well, I like Nutella, but I don't think I would like it that much, uh, for sure. But it's not something I would even consume now. But uh, my now my love affair with these perfectly chewy chocolate covered vegan candy bars has started in the usual way. Okay, I already copy pasted that. Uh, oh, okay. So here's one of the yeah. things about this article that kind of annoyed me. One, if you read it, she sounds like she's having a food gasm over these chocolate bars. On top of which, how virtue signaling? Oh, it's dipped in fair trade dark chocolate. Yeah, that that's a total, you know, dog whistle. Yeah. I, okay. So here, here we go. I, I unfortunately I'd realized I had uh, copy pasted the wrong thing into the script here. So we're gonna we're gonna fix that. There we go. Yeah, it happens. Uh, I, I make I make mistakes, and I realize I, I, there was a. I, I copy pasted the wrong or anything. So, and I'd be now. This lady says I'd be lying if I said that Gigantic's attractive retro packaging wasn't part of the appeal. Now the bars are reminiscent of old school candy rather than something you'd find in a health food aisle. Now, but with only seven grams of sugar per serving, oh, you what? Know, 
Seven grams. Yeah, seven Way gram, too much. Yeah, yeah, still seven grams too many. Uh, uh, for comparison, a Mars bar clocks in at 60 grams. Uh, the sweetness comes from small amounts of brown and cane sugars instead of relying on gross-tasting artificial sweeteners. Now, okay, for anyone who doesn't know, brown sugar is made from molasses, which has even more sugar yeah. in it. Yes. Because the sugar isn't as heady, the other flavors are more pronounced. More peanut, more hazelnut, more banana. No games, just the real deal. Now, they might actually take... They might be... Yes, they, they're certainly lower in sugar, and they might actually taste better, but yeah, you probably shouldn't be eating them anyway. It's still sugar, y'all. You know, it's this may not be... You know, you don't need to be doing that. So, um, all right. Now, we are... Uh, now, we are to the, uh, to the next... To the next part of the show, which uh, is at uh, as follows. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. Oh, did you hear that? I heard that. We're we're hopefully going to be having thunderstorms. I'm so excited. Yes. So So the first, this was a great story, and it actually tied into what the second half of our show is going to discuss kind of loosely because it became a debate between Tigger and I. So after years of waking at 4 a.m. to haul trash, he graduated from Harvard Law School. Now, I was so excited when I read this article. This is a very feel-good article. This article says that Rahan Staten worked for years as a garbage man to support a charge into Harvard Law School via classes at the University of Maryland. Now, after years of a different sort of hard work, Staten has graduated and has a job lined up in a New York law firm. A long journey of sweat and tears and literal blood preceded his walk out onto the stage in a cap and gown, one in which he gave as good as he got. The boxing analogies come from the fact that Rehan Staten excelled in the martial arts, including boxing, winning several competitions until a rotary cuff injury put an end to that permanently. With grades so bad he was rejected from every college he applied to, the part where he took a job as a sanitation worker wasn't rock bottom, as one might expect. It was the first time in my life a group of individuals that weren't my father or my brother just came around me and really just empowered me, uplifted me, told me I was intelligent, he said in 2020. The sanitation team helped him to enroll successfully this time at Bowie State University, after which his grades improved from terrible to 4.0, landing him a spot at a Maryland State University. His father would suffer a stroke years later, requiring Rihan to wake up at 4 a.m. to haul trash for payment of the medical bills and ensure he still had time for his studies. This story, now it is an NBC News report, went viral on social media, which attracted celebrity Tyler Perry to pay his tuition. He was accepted into Harvard for the 2020 semester. Yeah, like Tyler Perry didn't have anything to do with that. After that, he began to give back, befriending all the school janitors and other staff who were surprised he wanted to speak to them. Why would they be surprised that he wanted to speak to them? Are the fucking students at Harvard so goddamned uppity that they just think that people who do sanitation work, janitorial or whatever, are below them? Fuck them. Fuck you! Exactly. Uh, I know disagree. I mean, look, kudos, okay? Total kudos to this dude for putting in the work to support 
you know, helping his dad get them medical bills paid while still doing something with his life. Because this does happen to be a person of color, ergo, I think, why Tyler Perry got involved. But, I mean, kudos to him. And I'll explain why this story is relevant to the second half of the show and what the conversation that occurred that kind of centered around something relational to this during the second half, because I really don't want to show our beautiful four aces for the second half. Okay. So yes. All right. Now we've got, uh, we have one more story here, uh, before we, before we get to the, uh, before we get to our, uh, our cavalcade of stupidity, uh, which, which, which is, uh, which will be a fine offering. If you didn't hear it yesterday, we'll play it again. Um, so, uh, how does skin-to-skin contact benefit uh, babies and mothers? Well, and, and this, there's a there's actually a method of caring for a baby that involves skin-to-skin contact with a mother called kangaroo mother care, or KMC. Now, it improves the the chances of survival in premature or low birth babies. A new study has found now to give kangaroo care a baby wearing only a diaper should be held in an upright position against a parent's bare chest. And and there's something magical about having done this. I have done this with my children when they when they were little, not not knowing it was a you know, some sort of a thing that, uh, you know, that they're now promoting in the story, but it is something that I've, that I've certainly done. And now the, what they say for the, their, what they say the benefits are of this is it, it stabilizes the baby's heart rate and it proves, it improves their breathing pattern and it improves oxygen saturation levels and improvements in sleep time and weight gain. And, and, uh, which, you know, when they're, when they're little babies, you do want them to, to gain weight, uh, and reduces crying and helps in bre- breastfeeding. Now for the mother, it helps in bonding with the child. Uh, it improves the breast milk supply. It gives confidence to take care of the baby. It increases a sense of control. Now, several studies have shown that kangaroo care during infancy can bring in long-term benefits in adulthood, like bigger brains and better IQ levels. Now, the approach is believed to reduce aggressiveness, impulsiveness, hyperactivity, and antisocial behavior. Um, I can say that the, 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 there are ben- huge benefits to skin-to-skin contact, even when you're... Uh, even as an adult. Even as an adult. Uh, you know, there's a, we we there are times when we when we are uh, in skin to skin contact in in, uh, in, uh, in in important ways here. So uh, hey, oh, that's not the after after party either. No, let's keep it G rated. No, that he's no, not th- talking about anything obscene. Surprisingly, with as offensive as we've been on this show, he's definitely not talking about obscenity. I mean, think about it. You know, first thing in the morning, maybe she's wearing, you know, a spaghetti strap nightgown and you just walk up behind her and put your hands on her shoulders, you know, maybe run them down her arms. Just kind of let her know you're there. That kind of skin to skin contact is so essential for just people. I mean, I'm not saying running around naked and hug each other and things like that. You know, there's laws, but I'm just thinking that. It's so important. Touch is so important. That's why I got into massage therapy originally was because I wanted to be able to impact people's lives through, you know, positive touch. Yeah, exactly. So I do believe that, uh, yeah, that, I think there's there's a lot to uh, to, to touching. Uh, and uh, I think there's also a lot to the fact that, yeah, it is time for the cavalcade of stupidity with uh, with, uh, with with Sir Reb Cybertrucker. And uh, here we go. I think it is uh, loaded up. Hi-dee ho, pedal heads, and welcome to the Reb Cybertrucker's cavalcade of stupidity. At 5 minutes and 55 seconds long, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody was probably the longest song ever played on the radio at the point of its release. The song itself 
has been parodied and covered many, many times. So what happens when the Jim Henson Company decides to do a cover of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody? Well, you get a fairly awesome cover. From the Jim Henson Company, this is The Muppets, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's just fantasy, caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a poor boy, I need no sympathy. Cause I'm easy come, easy go, little high, little low. Anyway the wind blows, doesn't really matter to me. That's that's a great track. We we love uh, we'd love that track. That is, is fantastic, and we will play the uh, the full version of it. And we appreciate Sir Rev Cybertrucker for doing our cavalcade of stupidity segment every week. We really really appreciate it. Yeah, and and yeah, and uh, he, he yeah, it's amazing uh, that we. But uh, yeah, listen, we'll play the full version uh, uh, when we do our music after show Studio Thirty Three. We'll uh, hang it. Or if you're on, if you're listening on the No Agenda stream, you'd have to hop over to Studio Thirty Three dot stream to to continue listening. But uh, but other than that, uh, yeah, we're we'll keep it going for a little while tonight. And uh, yeah, now okay, so um, there is a story that we have that uh, unless Mother Nature decides to totally fuck it up for us because like we said we we do got some storms moving into our area which we've already felt the rumble of the thunder as well as heard it so depending on what happens if if all of a sudden we go away and you get the elevator music or nick the rat you'll know that uh, something electronically went shit here in the studio due to a thunderstorm Exactly. So, um, so before we get before we get into, the, I think the main topic there's a, there's a um, I have a note in here in the story about uh, child sex trafficking. Yes. So this is kind of a BOTG thing that I had initially forgot about until this story came up, and I remember talking to two girls who are from Miami and are of Cuban descent. And lovely, lovely girls, by the way, so pretty and so funny. And they were talking about how horrible the child trafficking, the sex trafficking in Miami is. It was very frightening. And because I used to think, you know, oh, I'd love to go down to Miami and, you know, see some nightclubs and this and that. And from the way they were talking, I was thinking, not without armed fucking guards. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, but oh, boy, yeah, it's kind of. I don't know. Yeah, you start when you start hearing people from other parts of the world. Sometimes you you you, you hear what people are you know what's really going on, and it's and it just it's almost truth is stranger than fiction sometimes. Well, okay, it's it's much like when Adam would talk about when he was living in when they were living in Austin, and the news reports were saying this, and Adam's going, "That's fucking bullshit." I live here, you know. I I see this. I see that. I, that's real BOTG. So when somebody tells me this is where they live and this is what's really going on, I tend to think that they're not fucking with me. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, now I think as I think this is a good uh, transition into the topic that we're talking about today. Uh, so, the, so uh, the alleged uh, the alleged return of Jim Crow laws in Mississippi, and and I, I think that's the way I would uh, descri- say the alleged. That is the most appropriate way to describe it because. I've read these laws and the black codes that correspond to them. That's what they're called. And then we dive into the articles that are being written about the potential reinstatement of this and um, how this came to my attention was that I stumbled upon a video of a TikToker. Now, I do not go on TikTok. This was, I believe, a YouTube video. She is a black TikToker, and she's crying about the reinstatement of the Jim Crow laws in Mississippi. And then it switches to this white guy who's doing one of those selfie videos where, like, his phone is in a holder on the windshield. And he's like, oh, I thought this was a joke, but I looked it up. Oh, my God, y'all. Like, oh, this is really happening. Oh, he's freaking the fuck out. So I'm like, all right, let's let's take the drama out of this. Let's look at what's really going on. So I read what the Jim Crow laws were, which is a collection of state and local statutes that legalized racial segregation named after a black minstrel show character. The laws, which existed for about 100 years from the post-Civil War era until 1968, were meant to marginalize African-Americans by denying them the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education or other opportunities. Those who attempted to defy Jim Crow laws often faced arrest, fines, jail sentences, violence, and death. Now, the roots of the Jim Crow laws began as early as 1865, immediately following the ratification of the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery in the U.S. Black codes were strict local and state laws that detailed when, where, and how formerly enslaved people could work and how much and for how much compensation. The codes appeared throughout the South as a legal way to put black citizens into indentured servitude, to take voting rights away, to control where they lived and how they traveled, and to seize children for labor purposes. Very dark. These codes worked in conjunction with labor camps for the incarcerated, where prisoners were treated as indentured people. Black offenders typically received longer sentences than white equals, and because of the grueling work, often did not live out their entire sentences. Now, the most most ruthless organization of the Jim Crow era was the Ku Klux Klan, They were born in 1865 in Pulaski, Tennessee as a private club for Confederate veterans. Now, I want to point something out 
about the fact that I rang the bell on that because in its inception, the KKK was not a organization that went out and went after blacks, gays, minorities, etc. They were actually a self-governing type of organization that, so for example, if you were beaten on your old lady, you got a visit from the triple K, you know, got roughed up a little bit, let you know, you don't put your hands on the girl. That is what we're, yeah, we're getting uh, some sirens that's a here. siren. Hold, hold on a yeah. second, folks. Excuse I haven't gotten a notification, but if that's a fucking uh, yeah. tornado siren, that's not going to be a good thing. No, exactly. We're going to do like, what we can. the actual here. fuck. Because uh, yeah, I have a do not disturb, and I don't know if It hasn't hit my phone. That so, matters. Uh, because it, okay. It, yeah, so if it's anything, it may just, they could be testing something, but it doesn't, it seems unlikely given that it's also happening right during the thing here. Yeah, so. like really shitty timing if that's the case. Yeah. Sorry, if, if all of a sudden you start to hear Yeah, exactly. So we are trying. Yes. Run. <laughs> exactly. But. So anyways, yeah, this was not started as a racist organization it became a very racist based organization and now is what the modern day triple k is so that's kind of a black eye for our wonderful state of tennessee because this organization is synonymous much like i am constantly defending the stars and bars people think because it's been adopted as a also known as confederate flag because it's been adopted as a racist symbol through the use of it at kkk rallies etc people think that that's what it represents is hate they don't understand the real meaning behind that flag the blood that was shed the the husbands and and sons etc that didn't come home under that flag i do not see that flag as being hatred i see it as being history even though i am not of southern heritage i was born a yankee but i think that i was absolutely born in the wrong era and in the wrong place i'm just saying but the kkk grew into a secret society terrorizing black communities and seeping through white southern culture with members at the highest levels of government and in the lowest echelons of criminal back alleys yeah so uh, some uh, an interesting uh, uh, thing to note here that it occurred to me first of all um I, I did not re- I did not realize that actually the the location of where the the, the KKK that, that has some significance I'll, I'll mention later, um, but uh, I think it's also uh, you know but but it's interesting also that um, I got I got married uh, in in Coeur d'Alene and then on the Fourth of July and something that frequently happened on the Fourth of July was a uh, the KKK rally that would go through downtown Coeur d'Alene. So I just thought that was interesting. Those were some interesting uh, facts that sort of came to mind as I as I as I saw that. But uh, um, yeah, and just I just anyway, just just weird. Now um, at the start of the 1880s, big cities in the South were not wholly beholden to the Jim Crow laws, and and Black Americans found more freedom in them. Now, this led to substantial black populations moving to the cities. And as the decade progressed, white city dwellers demanded more laws to limit opportunities for African-Americans. Now, Jim Crow laws soon spread around the country with even more force than previously. Public parks were forbidden for African-Americans to enter and theaters and restaurants were segregated. Now, segregated waiting rooms in bus and train stations were required, as well as water fountains, restrooms, building entrances, elevators, cemeteries, even amusement park cashier windows. Laws for 
forbade African Americans from living in white neighborhoods, and segregation was enforced for public pools, phone booths, hospitals, asylums, jails, and residential homes for the elderly and handicapped. Now, some states also required separate textbooks for black and white students. Now, New New Orleans mandated the segregation of prostitutes according to race. Oh, that's interesting. In, in Atlanta, African Americans in court were given a different I, Bible. I have a question really quick. Yeah. Um, prostitution has been illegal the entire time save for nevada am i incorrect as far as i know i don't know i mean i know it i know it was going on in the wild wild west but i I don't know that just seems kind of bizarre in like the 1900s i mean prostitution was illegal to begin with how do you regulate something legally that's illegal to begin with that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, mar- yeah, marriage and cohabitation between white and black people was strictly forbidden in most southern states, and it was not uncommon to see signs posted at town and city limits warning African Americans that they were not welcome there. And I think we were talking about there's some towns here in Tennessee that are that are still that way, right? Yeah. Sorry, don't catch me off guard like that. This is not a mute button error. I'm literally working on show shit behind the scenes. Yes, they're called sundown towns. And one in particular, there is sundown towns here in Tennessee that I know of that are not horribly far away from where we currently live. I mean, you could totally travel within one to two hours of a sundown town here. And also, Coleman, Alabama has been listed as a majorly bad sundown town, although they are trying to fix their reputation. Ultimately, sundown towns are towns where if you are a person of ethnicity or color, moreover you know, color. Yeah. Don't let the sun set on your ass in that town Yeah, because they won't find your body. You will just disappear. It's dark. I'm not proud that we have them here in our beautiful state. I think it is an absolute abomination that any person thinks that they are above or better than any other person because of skin color, race, creed, religion, whatever it happens to be. I'm a very live and let live type of person. My prejudice lives in stupidity. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely the, you can start here in the weather here as, as, over the sirens. Oh, there we go. The siren may have... Oh, yeah, we ignore sirens. Yes. It, we do ignore sirens yeah. as much as we can. But this is we this is not something we had uh, anticipated, obviously. Well, we, here's we, the thing, Ice Cube Soup. We're not actually ignoring it. We're keeping a very tight uh, watch on the radar. And also, if there's any notifications put out, we will get them. Yeah, exactly. We're paying attention. We're trying to pay attention here. And I suspect that was also part of some of the show content you, I thought you were working on as I realized you're probably figuring out what the heck's going on. You might want to. Yes. I I pulled up the radar, but I also was asking one of the pedal heads in the back channel because they are of an age where I was wondering if they could speak firsthand about the Jim Crow laws, but unfortunately they never actually witnessed any segregation, et cetera. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I got you. Yeah, and I think that was, uh, um, but yeah, there it is. Uh, hope, yeah, th- this is it, it's. We wanted to, get, yeah, we definitely wanted to get some BOTG on this because you know we don't want to necessarily rant on it, uh, um, you know, without without uh, without knowledge of what actually happened, right? Because we want to want at least to be informed rants at the very least. Um, so um, now the the post World War II era saw an increase in civil rights activities in the African American community with focus on ensuring that Black citizens were able to vote. This ushered in the 
civil rights movement, resulting in the removal of Jim Crow laws. Now, in 1948, President Harry Truman ordered integration in the military. And in 1954, the Supreme Court ruled in Brown versus Board of Education that educational segregation was unconstitutional, bringing to an end the era of separate but equal education. Now, uh, in 1964, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act, which legally ended the segregation that had been institutionalized by Jim Crow laws. And in 1965, the Voting Rights Act halted efforts to keep minorities from voting. The Fair Housing Act of 1968, which ended discrimination in renting and selling homes, followed. Now, Jim Crow laws were technically off the books, though it's not always guaranteed full integration or adherence to anti-racism laws throughout the United States, which, yeah, that, and that's true, right? Just because you make something legal or illegal doesn't mean that people will, will, you know, won't do what they're going to do anyway. So, um, but meanwhile, with all of this now, um, there, there, there was, there was a title of a, of a, of an article that caught our attention. A Jim Crow is resurrected in Mississippi, and now, of course, before I read the art, so this is, this is a, uh, I was asked to uh, read this article, but I, I didn't really spend a lot of time reading the article. I asked you to read it because I wanted to make sure that my understanding of what I was reading was exactly what was being said, which you did collaborate. Yes, I went and I actually read the law, which is what you should do, right? When, when they're saying, oh, something's in a law. Well, you know, the nice thing about law is uh, it's actually pretty readable if you sit down and read it, uh, especially like state level laws. Uh, maybe maybe less, maybe a little more complicated for federal laws, but but it's still, I think it's ultimately readable. Now, so uh, first of all, just to, just something, of course, the article makes a point of saying white and black a lot. You know, they just, they, they can't just get off of it, right? Now, I actually read the law, right? And so the law was was going to create two new courts in the Capitol Complex Improvement District in Mississippi, in Mississippi, in the town of Jackson, which is their which is their capital city, where the where the judges are. Right now, the zone would be also be policed according to the according to the law by an expanded Capitol Police force led by the current white police chief and supervised by the state's white public safety commissioner. Now, because the, all the district's officials would be appointed instead of elected, Jackson's majority black citizenry would have no voting rights on the matter, making it Mississippi's only jurisdiction where, according to the ACLU, unelected judges and prosecutors have jurisdiction over criminal and civil law matters, although 12% of their sales taxes would be redirected to help pay for it all. Now, uh, I mean, this is just, um, you know, and then, you know, then we get into, uh, you know, state representative Trey Lamar, the white Republican who sponsored the bill lives in and represents a majority white district more than two hours away from Jackson. Now, various statements on the house floor and then an op-ed, the legislator had insisted that HB 120, which is uh, the, by, by adding unelected judges to Hines County's courts will help clear up lengthy case backlogs while an expanded capital police force will spike uh, will address a spike in crime in Jackson allowing his constituents to feel safe when they come to the capital calling the bill racially neutral he suggested Jackson's black elected representatives who overwhelmingly rejected the legislation have used race as some kind of political maneuver and has even gone so far as to accuse those same black officials of incompetence and leadership isn't that the pot calling the kettle black massively yeah. Um, and this is, it's just, it, 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 it's so, that, you know, maybe if they were actually addressing the crime uh, issues, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're, you read through this article and it's just like, blame them for this, blame them for that. Or they could have done this. They could have done that. Why did they do this? It's like, okay, well, the problem is, is that why haven't they done it? Right. Because if they, if they truly own the, okay, I, this is what I don't understand. Right. So they're saying that the, like in, in, in Jackson, there's 85% of the people are black. I, 
fine. Okay, well, you guys have you guys have had these problems and you haven't addressed them. So this, I guess, the state's coming in and going, yeah, we need to do something about this for the capital, because you know, it's for the capital complex. I guess is what they and call it. The whole reason we believe that they're trying to say that it's a reenactment of the Jim Crow laws is because of the fact that they're not allowing anyone. See, here's here's what bugs me when people want to talk about segregation and racism and, you know, you're getting something I'm not and white privilege, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In this particular situation, they're griping because, oh, they're, you know, they're reenacting Jim Crow. They're taking away our right to vote. No, they're taking away the right of everyone. White, black, Chinese, Mexican, whoever the fuck lives in that area. They're taking their rights away, too, even if you're white, to vote on this issue. They have made a government command decision. But of course, that's not going to grab headlines. So we have to hype it up. We have to use buzzwords like Jim Crow laws and, you know, white this and white that and white, white, white. You know what? I would like to know, first of all, fuck Trevor Noah. Fuck you! I actually watched a video. Now, granted, he very well... He, he did a great job breaking down what reparations are, but it's still a bullshit situation of my pappy's pappy's grandpappy's pappy's pappy was a slave, so I deserve to be paid. No, you fucking don't. I didn't own slaves. You weren't a slave. I'm sorry there was a shitty time in America where a bunch of people who didn't deserve to die or didn't deserve to be indentured were treated fucked up. So were the fucking Irish. So were the Italians. They're, you're not the only fucking people out there who've been oppressed in some way. And this is why the story I read about that wonderful dude who graduated Harvard, you know, congratulations to him. Some could say, well, he's a token, you know, and it's another pet project. You know, Tyler Perry looks like the good guy because he pays the tuition for this kid. Okay, great. He got a degree. He worked his ass off. I can imagine becoming a lawyer through Harvard is hard as fuck. It is not something I would ever want to try to undertake. However, my problem is this. I have someone who made the statement that, well, blacks are still not allowed to have the same freedoms as whites. I said, really? Name one thing that a white person can do that a black person can't. Well, they're not allowed to attend prestigious colleges. I said, really? I just read an article about someone who attended, uh, graduated from Harvard and he was a person of color or ethnicity of some kind. I'm like, you know, and, and they're like, well, that's the token. And that, that's where I got that term from was, you know, token example. But I think that there's plenty of people of ethnicities and color and whatever else that are non-white, okay, who... And, and quite honestly, okay, you can literally be white and of color at the same time. Yeah, I mean. So just because you don't identify with your white side or you don't identify with your black side, it doesn't take away the fact that your genes come from both of those races. And there's not a damn thing wrong with it. Yeah, 
No, there's not. Um, now, um, I actually was looking up there with the, what is going on. Actually, there's there's a tornado warning. That's exactly. Oh what my God! Yeah, one hit Crossville yeah. across the interstate. Yes, that's six miles from where we live, y'all. Yeah, that is an actual tornado yeah. siren. If it's breaking yeah. the yeah. Sa- the sound gate, yeah. Holy shit, y'all! Yeah, that's so. We are actually under an active tornado warning to bring you this we material. Should- Probably not be on the mic, but fuck it, I'm going out spitting in the mic. That's right. That's Somebody go, ISO that. This, I'm sure. Yeah, ISO thirty seconds, maybe. Let's see if I can. Let's see if I can actually type. Let's see if I can actually type though that. There we go. We'll see what so actually I happens. Just, I just. I want to be clear. Okay, I'm not saying that I don't fear that there's a lot of underhanded, insidious shit going on in Mississippi with this situation. But I do not think that it is as severe, you know, as this story is making. Did, did we mention the fact the story was written by a person of color? Uh, uh, no bias there. Well, exactly. Now, um, yeah, so it is important to realize that this, of course, this law is being challenged in court, right? So, the, so uh, it, it was passed. It's yeah. There, there. Of course, there's, there's, you know, ever they're putting up a, the legal challenge. Much like there's a, there's another, there's another law that got passed, and it's been, it's being used in this, in this uh, sort of a, you know, it's like, oh, Jim Crow's coming back. Well, new law cracks down on the freedom of speech. But Justin Jackson and the actually that that uh, that two uh, the, the two districts that that, that that the previous law created, they're they're, they're they uh, under that under the law that was set up. 2343, uh, which is set to go in effect on uh, July 1st, uh, any event on the sidewalk or streets next to state-owned or occupied buildings would require prior written authorization from Public Safety Commissioner Sean Tidell, or Tindell, or Capitol Police Chief Bo Lucky. I'm surprised the article didn't say white uh, when I read it. Oh, no, it. it said white in plenty of other places. I think they just decided to lax on it for one sentence. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because they didn't want to make it uh, make it so uh, you know, make it so obvious, but they made it glaringly obvious despite their attempts. Yes, I can assure you exactly. So, um, you know, I was wondering, it's like, how does this restrict free speech exactly? Okay, so you can't do it. So you can't do it on the street right in front of the Capitol building or whatever. Well, you can still do it. There's nothing preventing you from doing it. And in fact, you could actually enclose that boundary with people if you were if you had enough people to uh, uh, pretend to actually matter in your in your in your, in your things there. So there's. Again, there's, this doesn't really restrict free speech. This is a bunch of uh, bullshit, as we expect. But I think we, I, I think, I think we, we found this clip of uh, we found this clip. I think is really important, and I think as far as you know, we, you know, I think that the the big thing that comes out of this and reading just these are you know reading these articles and following this, and I realize that the the, the, the it's like. The more you keep talking about it, the more the problem is going to be there. And, and and I've quoted this numerous times. Yeah. So we're going to play we're going to play a short clip here from uh, from Morgan Freeman. How are we going to get rid of racism? And stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. Yeah, and uh, that—that's actually, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the best the best thing. It seems to me is like, yeah, make quit making everything. You know, if you don't want everything to be about race, quit making everything about race, which is what some people do. Yeah, and we're seeing, and th- mind you, this is just a personal opinion. So any pissed offness about what I say, you can feel free to email phoenix at lotuseffect.show and let me know that you're mad about what I'm about to say. But it's true. 
I have no doubt that blacks and minorities have been oppressed, but so have white people. Maybe not to the same degree, but we have. It's called the human fucking condition. And the fact that we are seeing such an uptick in reverse racism, where God forbid you call someone black, or you call someone a Negro, or you, I'm not saying the N word, because we don't talk about that. Okay, because I think it's offensive that you don't want us to use it, but you use it all the time. Just want to put that out there because you don't see us walking around going, hey, Whitey, how's it going, Cracker? What you doing, boo? Well, well, okay, the boo thing is kind of a term of endearment, but I meant it as, you know, you know how I meant it. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, it's just, it's just kind of, yeah. It's, 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 it blo- it's, yeah. I, I just, it's funny. Yeah, we, you know, we had that that racial experience when when we were coming back from uh, Charleston. Uh, yes, at, we at, did. At, at, an all yeah. black staffed Waffle House. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We did nothing other than be white. And sit down. To just, yeah, and sit down to have a meal. Even made a positive comment between us that, wow, this place has a lot of staff and they seem to run really well. We wished our local Waffle House was as efficient. And yet here we have these young African-American people who look at us like we're the fucking plague and nobody wants to wait on us. Well, fine. We don't need to patron at Waffle House. Fuck Waffle House in its racist ass. And fuck Green or Orangeburg, South Carolina Waffle House for their horrible staff, racist bastards. Because the way I look at it, if you're a good person, you are a good person. If you are an asshole, you are an asshole. I don't care what color or race, creed, whatever you are. That means nothing to me. I know plenty of people of color who are absolutely wonderful people, including the person who we were supposed to play the voicemail for ends up. It's a personal message for me, so we're not going to play it. But the one that I had given a ride to the job interview, we had a fantastic conversation. It was an amazing ride. She's a person of color. I my best friend growing up was a Latino. I don't give a fuck what color you are. If you are a person who gives me respect, I am going to give it back in kind. But if you are a person who's going to come at me like I'm this color or I'm this race or I'm this and that and I'm fucking more important than you or I'm better than you, you can go fuck yourself. Fuck you too. That's right. There's there's no two ways. I'm an equal opportunity racist. I hate everyone equally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, much like uh, much like in Full Metal Jacket. I guess. No, Sir Bemrose, he is not a person who comes at me. He's a person who comes in me. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Hey oh, hey oh. All right. So now we have a voicemail. We we, we we do because someone was nice enough to call two five three two three seven three three two one and tell us their opinion uh, I, I, on this I, I, new Jim Crow uh, laws in yeah, Mississippi so bullshit. Those, I, okay, I'm truly interested. For those of you who are in the uh, the troll room right now, you can hear the you you can, can let me know if you can hear the siren in the background. I apologize, but. Uh, you will not hear it while I play the voicemail. For, for yeah, sure. because ultimately, all we have to do is just close the slider. I mean, we have it open for the airflow, but if it's bleeding through the noise gate, yeah. we're going to close the sliding yeah. door. We'll we'll deal with putting a fan on or something. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll we will make it happen. Meanwhile, right. we're going to play this uh, this clip. Jim, this is if you do the Jim Crow laws. Um, like I got it. that mean you have to listen to his music? Did that song, Operator? Can you help me paste this call? And then uh, he did that other songs like um, 
Like an old wind whistling down the fair, I'm all right. I got a dream. I got a dream. Let's go. I got a dream. They did a couple of songs. Operator. Yeah. Jim, I don't know anything about you no know, Jim Kirk's laws. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty good song. Well, thank you, Color. That was that was something else. That was enlightening. That was very enlightening. Uh, yeah, can you help me paste this? So, yeah, Jim at Mississippi to the Jim Close. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so the yeah. So the Jim Croce laws. Yeah, I think I, I I do like the idea of. I might have to actually. Uh, uh, I think that's a potential show title. Uh, I think it is. Yeah, that might actually be the show title. Now we did get another voicemail. Oh, look at that! Oh yes, and I believe it is uh, from one of our regulars here. So let's uh, let's see let's see what happens here. M I S S I S S I P P I. Heard I left an answer on yesterday's uh, podcast. And what do you want another answer again for? I mean, come on, other guys, stay dangerous, and uh, you know, kick off, kick off, Christopher Battles. <laughs> oh, thank Thanks you. for that. Yes. No, and- we actually, uh, we, you know what? I think we should play Christopher Battles voicemail from yesterday because in case anyone didn't hear it all right we'll, we'll play it yes and, it, and, it will, and it will give you guys it will give you guys a break from the sirens that's right ooh, ooh, ooh. that's her day yeah yeah gotta go to the farmer's market or anything today uh oh no memorial service that's uh you know fun right uh yeah anyway uh i didn't even know the person so but uh anyway uh yeah. Uh question. Uh I just looked at a quick article or two, so uh and they weren't the best. But uh yeah, it seems like reinstating stuff that was at least from what I saw would would sound racist does not seem like a good idea. Um you know, cuz yeah, like the fact that racism has like ever been a thing is just insane to me. Uh but yeah. Remember hearing uh, my dad would say like how he got teased a little bit for like having an African American friend and whatnot like when he was in school and it was just like what you know just insane. So anyway, yeah. Uh, so as far as I saw, which was a kind of quick headline and not very good article on like two different sites, but uh, seems like not a good idea. Uh, sort of deal. So yeah. Um, Especially, I mean, it's not even like federal, where, you know, like federal overwrites it. So I don't know. Anyway, what I saw. So I did not get educated up on this before I called. So, listener, beware. Um, but anywho, yeah. what you guys got going for, for, for t- t- tomorrow? You guys normally take like, I think Fumboy does, but I don't know if Phoenix does exactly. But it sounds like you guys normally like take weekends off, which is cool. I don't know if you got like schooling and stuff or studying, you still do on the weekends, but uh, yeah. You have to say, it is nice when we both have the weekends off because, yeah, like the only time uh, that uh, actually can wake up and like before she's awake kind of thing, or wake up and not just leave her in bed kind of deal. So, all right, well, love you guys. That angers, and you know, whether or not you're, uh, Celebrating life that somebody lived, or you're celebrating life that somebody's living. Go ahead and give a little. Ta-ta!
Mr. Christopher Battle. Uh, thank you again. Yes. Uh, yeah, and we've uh, just gotten an update off of the thing. The tornado actually hit Fairfield Glade where yeah. we live. Yes. So but we're you, fine. Yeah, we're okay. There's no issues. But, we're uh, still on the air. Yeah. There, There's we, we no. Did. What is? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. Now we're fine. Exactly. <laughs> All right. However, I think we have. Uh, I think we are now to the, that that point in the show where we play uh, the 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 following clip. I'll take a drink, and I, my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke reefer. You know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. Yeah, we do not freebase cocaine. That is right. That's but, right. And uh, we're not even drinking anymore. Yeah, I know. The holy uh, herb is the only thing in which we indulge. Yeah. and uh, With yeah, no apologies. Exactly. Um, and at the moment, I'm just kind of coasting on what I what I came into the show with. So uh, we'll see. That's right, because we want to make sure we don't have any technological mistakes yes, today. Yes, exactly. Uh, beyond, above and beyond uh, what, what I normally uh, do on my own, I guess. But Well, uh, in fairness, though, you know, we tightened our game up so that we're not having mute button issues and so on and so forth and a fucking tornado has to screw it up for us exactly again it wouldn't be the lotus effect if there wasn't something going on that's right now a gps fail speaking of technological fails sends a driver with almost 400 pounds of bot to the u.s canada border now oops uh yeah that's probably the last place you want to show up uh in the event you're driving an illegal shipment of 400 pounds of pot and over yes, half a million dollars. I, you know you fucked up. yes the rcmp uh the royal canadian mounted police released a press release on on June 5th, according or announcing that an American driver was arrested uh, and, and after attempting to cross the border with just under 400 pounds of cannabis and over 602,985 in his vehicle and at, at the Rainbow Bridge um, border crossing. That's actually 602,985. Okay, yes, I'm apparently... My, Sorry. Apparently my brain has some dyslexia or something like that at the moment, yes. Okay, but a quick question that I need to interject into this. So... As someone who has depended upon GPS and, again, have railed against the fact that you need to have some degree of intelligence slash common sense when using GPS, that common sense and instinct and basically that little voice that says, hey, something doesn't really seem right here. When you see the fucking border crossing signs, you know, border crossing one mile or whatever... Yeah, you would think that maybe your GPS just railed you right in the ass, and you might want to turn the fuck around. Okay, well here we go. Now this this is this is even better. So Andrew Lee Toppenberg, sixty of Tustin, California, was driving a large cannabis shipment on May second. Uh, police say he was following GPS coordinates that were entered incorrectly, causing him to take a wrong turn, and he ended up at the border at the Canada Border Services Agency Rainbow Bridge port of entry in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Since Toppenberg had okay, no... Okay, wait. Pump yeah. the brakes for just one second. Niagara Falls, isn't that in New York? Pretty much, yeah. He's... Okay, so follow my thought process here. What the fuck was this dude from california doing driving to niagara falls and let uh, this is how i read this that he drove like from california to new york with this shipment at what point is your gps totally fucked 
Exactly. Now, since Toppenberg had no passport, he was, he was sent to the dreaded secondary examination. And during the inspection, the CBSA officers discovered a huge amount of pot valued at between 362,000 Canadian and, and 724,000 Canadian and over 600 US dollars. Um, it, it, um, it doesn't look good for the driver. The CBSA officers promptly arrested the driver and seized the cash and cannabis. Uh, his uh, case was then turned over to the RCMP Niagara on the Lake Federal Policing Border Integrity Team. Uh, the, the CBSA and RCMP continue to get positive results from our collaboration to protect Canada's borders uh, from from something that's legal in the, the country anyway. Last I checked, I'm pretty pretty sure pot is legal in cannabis. You know, in, ca- in, ca- in cannabis, yes. cannab- in, in cannabis. <laughs> yeah, I want to go to the country of cannabis. And, and there's yes, I, I, I do as well. I heard they have lush green fields. Here's the thing. Yes. Marijuana is legal in Canada, however, black market, which obviously if you've got all these pounds of Chiba in your car, you're not exactly a reputable grower or distributor. I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, but but still, I mean, this, this, there's, this is this is what, what bugged me about this is that, yeah, they were protecting their borders from what? Something that's fucking legal? I mean, come on. This is stupid. I, I don't. This is. Cue the clip of we're winning the war on drugs. We're winning the war on drugs. Uh, this is. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think this is. Uh, but uh, meanwhile, yeah. Now you want to talk about, uh, you know, legal pot. Uh, yeah. So New York cultivators. I don't know why he was driving toward New York because New York cultivators have too much weed on their hands apparently well this is what i'm trying to say i can't understand why this guy um he obviously didn't mean to go into canada otherwise he would have had a passport and let's just rewind for a second and double click on the fact you know we're circling back somebody is gonna be really pissed that big ass pot shipment did not make it to its destination. I don't think the RCMP is this guy's biggest problem. Uh, Hello, Pablo. Exactly. Now, um, so in an interview, the AP News spoke with cultivator Seth Jacobs of Slack Hollow Organics and his brand Bud and Burrow, who confirmed that due to the limited number of legal dispensaries in New York, he's stuck with a significant amount of cannabis. Now we're really under the gun here. We're all losing money, said Jacobs. Let Even- me let me just say, sir. Uh, Get a hold of us. We will send you our address. We will gladly take any amount that you have over and above what you need in your storage. And we will do as much product testing as you so desire. And we'll even do it as a charitable action. Yes, we will. Um, But yes, there we go. Okay, so um, now... um, now, he says that even the most entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial and ambitious among us just can't move much product in this environment. Now, he explained that he has 100 bins of cannabis flower in storage or about 700 pounds that was harvested in 2022 and 220 pounds of distillate being stored as well. That's a lot. I, I think PotCon needs to happen at this guy's garage sale. Yeah, no kidding. Now, New York Governor Kathy Hochul had projected that the state would license up to 20 new dispensaries every month since the beginning of 2023. Now, currently, New York only has 11 operating dispensaries throughout the entire state, although there are 300 licenses available to be awarded to qualifying applicants. Now, this, this result... This makes you wonder what is the underlying reason why people are not wanting to open up dispensaries in new york there's got to be something else going on you especially if they're claiming they have all these available licenses to be 
awarded to qualified applicants. Well, I think that begs the question, what are the qualifications at this point? Yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, yeah, well, um, and this is, of course, you know, that, that's another thing. Yeah, the res- yeah, the result led to insurgent unlicensed cannabis shops and trucks, but for obvious reasons, that isn't an option for cultivators like Jacobs. Now, AP News states that the value in legal cannabis product is estimated to be hundreds of millions of dollars, and 80% of it is cannabis oil. Now, eventually, the flower will become too old to sell, even though cultivators like Jacobs are storing the product in temperature-controlled uh, storage containers. I assure you, as someone who has some year plus old bud that still smokes like a freight train folks it is good 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 that's right uh now the the new york office of cannabis management recently approved 50 dispensary licenses and there are plans to allow cultivators to partner with retailers in a farmer's market style of sales to help sell product and during the announcement i want to attend that farmer's market yeah so do i Uh, during an announcement in late may ocm chief equity officer Damien Fagon, uh, or Fagan, I don't know, uh, uh, projected that this could happen optimistically within a month. Now, the plan would be to have a minimum of three growers and one licensed retailer host a farmer's market event. Of course, you know, right. Like I said, PotCon will be held at this man's hometown. Yeah, exactly. This year. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, uh, so Antigua and Barbuda uh, grant Rastafari sacramental rights to grow cannabis. Um, about time yes yeah, so the which yeah today i learned that rastafarians are actually a thing uh the country what you mean is that rastafaria is a place yeah so that rastafari yeah rastafarians are people right the 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 the, the country of antigua and barbuda you are not helping your case phone boy what did you think a rastafarian was i didn't know that they were real that's all i'm saying i knew that they were considered people but i didn't realize that it was a I didn't realize that it was... A Rastafarian is a person who comes from Rastafaria, is what you are saying. Yes, you were I, didn't, not aware I, didn't re- of this. I didn't realize it was a place. That That's all I'm saying. Okay, because the... Help me out here, trolls. The way he said it, didn't it sound like he didn't realize Rastafarians were real? Like they were fucking, uh, you know, a figment of your imagination or a fictional character or something? That, that's how I heard it. Well, that's exactly what I thought. As I, I didn't think that they were, they, they were thought that they were fictional or something. I don't know. I mean, this is just one of those things that never. Phone boy, you've yeah. never seen a Rastafarian in real life. No, I have not. And this is, this is part of this. Holy crap. Yes, there's a reason I didn't... Bob fucking Marley? Hello? Well, again, I didn't... Dear God, save me if you're up there. I know I'm not religious, but are you kidding me, this man? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, we have no direct evidence that Tennessee's a real place. That is true. Uh, Phone boy? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is what this is... Yeah. So, the country of Antigua and Barbuda have become one of the first in the Caribbean to authorize Rastafari to grow and smoke cannabis, an herb that is considered a sacrament by the followers of the religion. Now, as, this, as the Associated Press reported, for decades, many Rastafari have been jailed and endured racial and religious profiling by law enforcement because of their marijuana use, which they say brings them closer to the vine. Yes, it does, I can assure you. Uh, officials in Antigua and Barbuda, an island con- a country with a population of little more than nine. 90,000 have now sought to rectify the situation. And according to the Associated Press, the lifting of the ban makes the country one of the first Caribbean nations to grant Rastafari authorization to grow and smoke their sacramental herb. It should have been that way all the way all along. I mean, Rastafarians are cool AF. I've actually met a couple just regular people. That's exactly what they are. And, you know, yeah, they, they talk like this man, but 
it's because it's a kind of a Jamaican like place and yeah, they got the dreads and they're really awesome. They're just like everybody else. I just can't believe you thought they were fictional. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Now the change in law in Antigua and Barbuda may lead to similar domino effect as the one that has unfolded over here in, in the United States over the last decade where dozens of states and cities uh, have lifted longstanding prohibitions on cannabis within their jurisdictions. Now, the under the new law in Antigua and Barbuda, the island government also decriminalized the use of marijuana for the general public, according to the Associated Press, while also allowing people outside the faith to grow four cannabis plants each and possess up to 15 grams. So does that mean like the next time that we go to Antigua, we can, like, light up man. Probably. I would assume it would be. Now, meanwhile, um, so, um, you know, there's there's uh, there's this Delta 8 stuff that people keep talking about. This is a little closer to home. Yeah, this is a little bit, little bit closer to home. So, Delta 8 dispute gets in the way of Illinois' pot reform. Now, one of the things that I didn't realize going through this process is in certain places where where uh, the uh, where where the legal stuff is available, uh, it, you, know, in, you know, that you can get, for example, Washington State, yeah, you can't get delta 8 products in uh, in uh, in washington state of course why would you i guess but that's um, kind of my thought yeah exactly so um so meanwhile, uh, so bickering how to regulate Delta 8 THC is getting in the way of general cannabis industry reform in Illinois, and that's not the only state. Now, while the hemp-derived cannabinoid gives access to THC in states where cannabis is illegal, uh, unfortunately, debates over Delta 8 are now making general adult-use legalization more complicated and legislation challenging to pass. because it's, it's all the same fucking plant, and you're trying to differentiate it, folks. This is what's going on. Uh, so, more recently in Illinois, a cannabis industry reform bill failed at the May legislative deadline. Now, the pushback is due to stakeholders failing to find common ground during the final days of the spring session. If passed, it would have increased the canopy space for craft growers, allowed dis- dispensaries to operate drive through windows and other curbside pickup, or offer curbside pickup, and provided social equity retail license holders another year to secure real estate. However, then a proposal to regulate Delta-8 THC was tacked on. Now, squabbling over whether the ban Delta-8 or regulate it like cannabis halted the other broader reform efforts. And uh, so so uh, as a result, they pushed back the entire bill until the fall session. Now, Illinois uh, Democratic uh, Representative LaShawn Ford, the bill sponsor, told Capital News Illinois, uh, for, uh, yeah, f- and so Ford's against a, a adding a Delta 8 THC ban in the bill until they receive more insight from state regulators and industry stakeholders. Now, we need to regulate it, make it safe, and make sure it's taxed and treat it just like cannabis, Ford said, which... Now, they should all be treating it the same thing and just making it fucking legal and being done with it. Now, you know, this is... Um, you know, but Delta Eight products altogether, and that number will li- will will likely rise over the next year. So, for instance, in Colorado, lawmakers introduced bipartisan legislation earlier in 2023 to regulate any intoxicating hemp-derived cannabinoids, aka Delta Eight. Conversely, Minnesota, which recently legalized adult-use cannabis, becomes the 23rd state, uh, is offering product uh, producers uh, licenses for cannabis and hemp-derived products. In a stoner's perfect world, one would have affordable, easy, and equitable access to both hemp and cannabis products without fear of the feds. And uh, until then, you know, you know, I guess. Guess we'll just uh, we'll we'll keep reporting on this stuff. That's right. And again, we're not trying to take any of Bowl After Bowl's shine. They've got the you know they've cornered the market on making sure y'all are knowing what's going on with the bullshit legislation or the you know positive steps in the right direction legislation around weed. We're just you know propagating the formula of supporting them and supporting the fact we believe in the holy herb as more than just an amazing natural way to 
raise your consciousness. That's that's right. And uh, yeah, and I think uh, now I think we're ready to go uh, go to the back of the napkin. I've been slow cooking it all day in my vagina. So, uh, what is cooking? Uh, we're not actually cooking anything tonight. We're still going to do the leftover thing because we ran so late last night that Phone Boy got to eat his dinner. And by the time I got done doing cleanup, because I was nice enough to make him some fresh side dish to go with his leftover pork chops. And by the time I got to eat after doing cleanup, it was cold and it was late. And we had already surrendered for the night. Uh, we gave way because everyone was celebrating Sir Spencer's 33rd birthday. Yeah, exactly. So happy birthday to Sir Spencer on the 9th. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, so. we, we love the wolf pack and... You know, we'd we'd like, you know, to wish him uh, another amazing 33 years of being one of the stoniest bastards we know and also success in the Bull After Bull franchise. Exactly. Now, uh, meanwhile, uh, OpenAI is being sued for defamation over ChatGPT hallucination. Now, but who should actually be liable is because it's the question. Now, uh, Mark Walters has sued ChatGPT maker OpenAI in Georgia. And in his filing, Walters argues that OpenAI made up false and defamatory claims about himself. Now, a journalist named Fred Real used ChatGPT to generate a summary of a complaint related to to this lawsuit in federal court in the Western District of Washington, case number uh, 2-23-CV-00647 with short caption of the Second Amendment Foundation versus Robert Ferguson. Now, um, I recognize Bob Ferguson because he's the state attorney general of Washington State. Yeah, the, the uh, chat GPT responded that the document is a, is a legal complaint f- filed by Alan Gottlieb, the founder and executive vice president of the Second Amendment Foundation, SAF, against Mark Walters, who was accused of defrauding and embezzling funds from the SAF. The complaint alleges that Walters, who served as the organization's treasurer and chief financial officer, misappropriated funds for personal expenses without authorization or reimbursement, manipulated financial records and bank statements to conceal his activities, and failed to provide accurate and timely financial reports and disclosures to the SAF's leadership. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. The plaintiff seeks various forms of relief, including the recovery of misappropriated funds, damages for breach of fiduciary duty and fraud, and removal of Walters from his position as a member of the SAF's board of directors. Now, Walters has never been employed by the Second Amendment Foundation, though he is apparently a radio host who has a couple of pro-gun shows. Okay, well, whatever. Now, is this accidentally is this actually defamatory or actually malicious? And, and if so, who's legally liable? Now, the article uh, the article basically argues that the facts. Of this case suggests that we will, that it will go nowhere, and I, I, I tend to agree with this. Now, who other than the person who interacted with ChatGPT actually saw this this malicious information? Did the person actually believe it? And clearly, he didn't because he's filing a lawsuit on it. Um, and what's the actual harm in this? Well, you know, open is is OpenAI actually malicious? Now, only again, only one person actually saw this information, and there's no indication he actually believed any of it. And indeed, it sounds like he was aware it was hallucinating, which would uh, would push it towards not being defamation. And even if it was, there was no harm at all now it's in fact you know this this hallucination terminology actually comes from open ai themselves they are aware that chat gpt sometimes makes up facts they even name it the the phenomenon of hallucination yeah much like in the case that we covered in texas it's ongoing with the two legal folks who got oh, their oh, ass we're, in oh, trouble we're gonna, we're gonna get to those motherfuckers. i know it yeah we are so um now 
Uh, okay, so a good way to describe ChatGTP in the words of the Tech Dirt columnist Mike Masnick, he's a smart guy. You should read the. You should, you know, in terms of tech blogs, Tech Dirt is, you know, they I, they have a they have a unique point of view. I'll just say that I don't always agree with it, but but they do have a unique point of view, and 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 they do actually uh, spend some time thinking through their stuff. But uh, um, Mike Masnick describes ChatGTP as a sophisticated autocomplete system that bases what it says on its prediction engine of what the next word should be. It knows nothing of Mark Walters. It's just trying to craft a plausible sounding narrative based on the prompts provided by real. And which is, yeah. So we've ba- been bitching about chat GPT for a minute. Yeah. Now, um, okay. Now this is going to touch your, this is going to touch you. I know because we, cause we have oh, yeah, this, this could be a Phoenix rant. So everybody have your fingers on your record buttons. That's right. So, um, so the Tennessee appeals court says vanity license plates are likely protected speech. Now there have been a lot of legal battles fought over proprietary blends of numbers and letters. Now states collecting a premium for vanity plates claim that this is government speech since it's a state's issued plate, or if it's not quite government speech, it's the government's tacit approval of the speech, even if the vanity plate really only contains statements made by plate owners. Now, there is no unified take on state pla- or on, on license plates, even if the Supreme Court has sort of weighed in on the matter. Now, the decision in this it dealt with specialty plates, which involved driver-generated designs rather than dr- driver-generated phrases based on government-designed plates. Now, that difference matters, but, uh, but the ruling in Walker isn't conclusive enough to prevent nearly every court dealing with this issue to come with to different conclusions. Here's, here's a question that i have okay in that statement that it's about the driver generated designs rather than driver generated phrases what the fuck is a driver generated design those plates that they're that they offer you as a vanity plate are predetermined designs like you know your favorite college or you know aspca or the Wildlife Foundation, you know, like Tennessee Wildlife and stuff, you don't get to just doodle whatever the fuck you want and ask them to put it on a license plate. So I just think that that particular statement is extremely invalid, but please go on. Okay, so meanwhile, uh, Tennessee resident Leah Gilliam applied for a vanity plate more than a decade ago. She was granted a license plate, a uh, vanity plate reading 69PWONDU, which I, which I, when I read this last uh, night, I didn't get it before. Now I get it. Right, the '69 owned you, and that uh, this is that's that's a, that's actually kind of a, a geeky one now that it is, it. but it's also funny. Yeah, it is exactly. So nothing happened for more than ten years. Now that decision to follow up on a text message by revoking a plate that had provided the state with a decade's worth of vanity plate fees resulted in this lawsuit. Now the trial court handed down a rejection of Gilliam's constitution claims. Now the state appeals court isn't so sure. Um, there, there's a lot on the record that says that state definitely knows the van the messages on vanity plates are not government speech, and it knows this because it said as much during its testimony. Now, further, it's painfully clear that any other driver reading a vanity plate knows it's not speech originating from the government. It's not the government's speech, it's citizen's speech. And there are limits to how the government can regulate this, even if the speech is borne by an object issued by the state. Uh, Even if the government can regulate the speech, it can't do it the way that the state is doing it. Now, to avoid constitutional issues, the regulation should at the very least be consistent, and it's anything but when Tennessee engages in in police and vanity plates. 
says, and and and, and, and I'm going to read exactly the way it's described here uh, by the. And, and this is a in response to the lawsuit. The state appeals court described how vanity plates are reviewed in Tennessee, and we can we can assure you from personal experience this is correct. Uh, although the statutory framework allows the department to approve or deny vanity plate messages, the record establishes that in reality the department's oversight has been inconsistent. Plaintiff displayed the vanity plate at issue for a decade before the department revoked it. Had an acquaintance of Mr. Moorhead not photographed the plate and texted the photo to Mr. Moorhead, it's unknown whether this plate would have been revoked at all. Further, the department had no written policies about how to screen vanity plate applications for good taste and decency. Rather, the record shows that the approval process depends largely on the judgment of the particular inventory unit team member reviewing the application that particular day. And I would just like to say whoever reviewed my application is a stupid cunt because the plate which I was hoping to obtain, I will, yes, phone boy has placed it in the chat. L-O-T-U-S-F-X. What the fuck is offensive about that? Yes, exactly. Um, now, the case will head back to the lower court with specific instructions to actually engage with the First Amendment issues raised and the appeals court disc- d- discussion of these issues. Now, if, if, and by the way, if Tennessee is really worried about possibly being viewed as the source of off-color phonetics, you could just end the vanity plate program and try to get by with a little less revenue. You know, it's always possible, right? Gee, maybe you could legalize marijuana. That would be a whole lot more revenue than your biased ass vanity plates. Yes. So, meanwhile, yeah, we now we're getting to these lawyers who use chat GPT and yeah, it's the not The saga going. continues and, and we can assure you. Yes, I you know you fucked up. Yeah, so yeah, we got an update on the lawyers who tried to use chat GPT to do their work for them. Let's just say the court isn't exactly happy with what they did. Uh, the judge in this case, Kevin Castle, ordered the two lawyers associated with the case, Peter Do- Loduca and Stephen Schwartz, from the law firm of Levadow, Levadow, and Oberman to explain what the fuck they were thinking. Yeah, that was actually written in the article. Uh, the, um, the First off, both lawyers smartly lawyered up with lawyers from outside their own firm. Second, on Wednesday, they filed their required responses to Judge Kelvin Castell's order to show cause, which was effectively the two lawyers throwing themselves on the mercy of the court. Now, the shortest summary of the 29-page document is, we may be ignorant and stupid, but we're not malicious, and sanctions should only be put on malicious lawyers. And also, we're super-duper sorry, and everyone mocking that, so isn't that punishment enough? Well, however, within a week of, even within that filing, there were some issues. And when, when filing a legal brief, it is normally, uh, it normally includes in the document a, a, a table of authorities, which includes citations to every other name uh, or every other case cited in the document. Now, in this case, uh, that it actually that actually represented kind of a challenge because, as if you recall, whoever created the document did this uh, did not, uh, um, you know, uh, realize that some of the, the citations were completely made up. Uh, uh, so um, the, the yeah, the, and and they, because they came from chat GPT, right? Um, and uh, beca- and these fake, ca- yeah, so meaning whoever put together the table of authorities included fake cases that were mentioned. Really? Yes. Yeah, so the, the you know, the it, this, I, I can't even believe this. Now, again, computers don't know anything that they're not programmed with. I don't believe in this whole adaptive learning thing where, you know, computers are going to figure out how to do shit on their own, then they won't need us. Yeah. Um, so now this, so 
Um, but now, so Loduca and Schwartz filed an amended reply that didn't have any notes about it. What they did, but it, but they, but the reporter, yeah, the, yeah, the tech dirt actually does decent reporting too. Um, so that they, they realized that the, that the delta, but, but between what they originally filed and what they fight, what the, the amended reply was, oh yeah, the three, uh, the three fake cases were done. Now, you can blame generative AI all you want, but the real mistake here, for which there is absolutely no excuse, was their failure to actually check on the cases they referenced. These sort of errors should be caught in the shepherd eye process that lawyers are supposed to go through when uh, ensuring citations are still good. Now, clearly, the lawyers did not do this. That's a clear indication of negligence. No matter how you look at it, you cannot blame an AI for negligence. Yeah. Now, their excuse for not doing so was a billing snafu with a tool called FastCase. Now, did they even bother to say type the cases into Google? I mean, Google's pretty good at looking, finding this stuff. Um, Loduca directly lied to the judge about going on vacation on a particular date, which is, of course, never a good luck now, but the real the real thing is when Schwartz was put under oath and quizzed by the judge about the tools he uses for research. Uh, Schwartz admitted he has access to LexisNexis at the local bar association, but he never signed on to use it. Now he also admits that when he used ChatGTP, ChatGPT, he wasn't just asking it for legal research, but he was asking it to effectively make his argument for him. Oh my God! Oh, this is not a law firm you want representing you. I assure you. Yes, and. After the lawyers again begged for mercy and Avionica reminded the court they just want the case dismissed, the judge closed the hearing and will issue a decision sometime soon. Oh, boy, this will be an interesting one to, to, to follow. Um, meanwhile, we have, okay, so we've, uh, we, I guess we have to mention, you know, we've got to mention the, the uh, um, you know, um, the, the, the passing of Professor Ted, uh, or Theodore Kaczynski, the Harvard Yes, we, we definitely need to at least recognize a moment of silence for Professor Ted. That's right. Um, the Harvard-educated mathematician who ret- retreated to a, ding- a dingy shack in the Montana wilderness and ran a 17-year bombing campaign. Dingy. Yes, dingy. Okay, dingy. Yeah, dingy. Well, I'm dingy. Um, you are dingy. Yes. Um, and that the, the, the killed three people and, and injured 23 others died Saturday. He was 81 years old. And, he all, and honestly, y'all should read the manifesto. I'll put it in the show notes for you. Um, it is, it is, uh, he pretty much predicted the, you know, the last 35 years or so. I think he's done a pretty good job on that. Um, this is a, we should all read that. Um, but uh, it is most definitely an interesting read. And yes, the way he went about it was completely fucked up and cost three people their lives. His message lives on through his manifesto, of which I give him a lot of credit. Like Phone Boy said, he's been right about a lot of shit. And maybe if we had just listened to him and everyone had kind of made that the necessary reading in school instead of the bullshit propaganda that they're feeding to our young folks, maybe the world wouldn't be in such a uh, shit condition. Exactly. Um, so I actually wanted to, I wanted to, um, talk about the Jack Wagner clip that I played, um, in, uh, earlier at the beginning of the show. Uh, this is, this, this is, this is the one that talks about the word fuck. Now there was, there was, uh, when I was researching the, the origin of this clip, there was a, there was an interesting story behind it. Now it turns into, so when this, when this clip surfaced on the internet, uh, people thought it was George Carlin or, uh, or, you know, or, 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 or National Lampoon or somebody like that, right. That was doing it. And it turned out. And so, and then, and then, 
then and then they it was determined that it was uh, Jack Wagner who's the voiceover for the, I guess a lot of the announcements at uh, at, uh, at Disneyland. Um, but uh, he but but then the reason that this that we that we know this is because his son basically you know he saw the discussion on the internet and the son basically said yes I have yes my I know and my dad recorded it I have the script he used to do it. So, um, you know, but it's, but the voices also, if you listen to it, doesn't kind of sound the same, but I, as we know that there are pe- people kind of have, can, can have slightly different voices when they're doing voiceover work. And this might be, he may have purposely yeah, sort of think about like Aussies who have a perfectly normal American accent when they do a movie. Yeah, exactly. It's same theory. Yeah, exactly. So it is interesting to realize that yes, the voice of Disneyland tells us to, to, tells us uh, all the creative ways we can use the F word. Uh, you know. I think that's extremely fitting. Yes, and I think it's I think it's an extremely fitting way to end this show, which uh, which uh, has that's right. Yeah, which has a couple of clips that we do that with. We start with this. I'm so fucking over this. And uh, yeah, and uh, thank you all for joining us. And uh, yeah, we end this we end the show uh, this way. Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.